Welcome to Alice's Magical Podcast, a podcast where I talk about books and all my favourite things. Podcast Chapter Seven: Alice's Magical Book Shopkeeper Time. Who wrote that title? Was it Mummy? Yes. Yeah, it's too wordy. <laughs> too wordy. Um. So in a minute, yeah, we're going to play an interview yep. with Natasha. Um, where's Natasha from? Chicken and Frog Bookshop in Brentwood, Essex. That's right. So, we're just going to do a very little introduction now. Yes. And then we're going to talk about a book afterwards. Yes. So, do you want to make your little magical noise? Bling. Yeah, that's the one. So, today I'll be talking to a bookshop keeper and, and Chicken and Frog. Yeah. And she... And it's in Brentwood, and her name is Natasha. Hello, Natasha. Hi, Alice. Is there a bit of a bookshop that you like to go to? That, that is really exciting because it's got lots of children's books in it. <laughs> and there's lots of lessons. And... Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and Natasha's the owner of the bookshop, isn't she? Yeah. So... You ready to ask Natasha your questions? Okay, go on in. What made you want to open your own children's bookshop? Oh, that's such a tricky question. We've just, it sounds really cheesy, but we've just always wanted to. Me and Jim, who's Mr. Frog, have known each other since we were 16, so that's a very long time, isn't it? Because we're old now, for like 30 years. And it was just something we always talked about and never were brave enough to do. And then he lost his job. We were like, well, maybe we should be brave and just go for it. Because we just we both really love reading. And we like kids too. So we just went for it. Yeah. Mm. So all thanks to Jim losing his job means there's chicken and frog. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do before you had a bookshop? I was a teacher. Uh, I taught mainly in East London in a borough called Newham, and I loved it. I really loved it. In fact, when we still when we opened the bookshop, I was still doing that as well. So I had two jobs, and Jim used to work in IT, so he's really clever with all kind of techie stuff, which is good because I'm not. So we have a good combination. <laughs> That's like Daddy he has to help us set all this up, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> no, of two. What is your favourite thing about chicken and frog? Oh, gosh. I think um, just meeting lots of different types of people. So me and Jim both love kids, like our own and other people. So it's always really nice when people come in and they want to talk about books. But we have lots of people coming into the shop that don't always come in to buy books. Sometimes they come in because they're a bit lonely and they've got nothing else to do and they just come in for a chat. And that's really nice. It feels like a real privilege that we can do that, that we can give someone some space to just kind of chill out a little bit and relax. And obviously, the best bit is all the reading I get to do, and I can get to call it work. <laughs> lots of proof copies of books before they're published. So I get sneaky peeks of books, which I know that you get sometimes too. 
And that's just the best, isn't it? That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, why did you call it chicken and frog? Well, this is all Jim's fault. So this is a terrible, terrible dad joke because we couldn't decide what to call it. And we didn't want to call it something to do with our names. And we didn't want to call it something to do with Brentwood in case we ever moved. So it's a terrible, cheesy joke. Are you ready for the joke? Yeah. Yeah? A chicken and a frog walk into a library and the chicken says, fuck, 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 fuck. And the frog says, read it, read it, read it. Terrible. That's why. That's a definite dad joke, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, are you an, an encyclopedia of children's books because you love books so much? Oh, I don't know. I'm sure there's lots of people out there that know lots more about children's books than me. I think I know quite a lot, but um, this is a terrible confession. I'm not always very good at remembering the names of authors, which is really bad in my job. Um, so, yeah, I always remember what the book's about and what it looks like. I'm kind of one of those nightmare customers that sometimes we get when they come in and say, it's blue and it's about this big. And they had a rabbit on the front. I'm a bit like that. So... <laughs> I do know lots about children's books, but probably not as much as I should. <laughs> um, do a lot of children ask you to recommend a book to them? Yeah, they do. We get that lots. And parents too. So they'll come in and they'll say, they've just read blah, blah, blah. They've read that whole series. What should they read next? Or sometimes it can be the other end where they're not really sure at all what they want to read next. And then... Um, we never have, whenever I'm asked, what's the best book would you recommend? We don't do it like that. We talk to everyone individually and find out what they like, what they don't like. And it might not even be to do with books. It might be like what their other hobbies are and trying to find them a book that matches them. I really like coming to Creative Writing Club. And do you do lots of different clubs? Um, what is your favourite one to do? Ooh, I think probably the Creative Writing Club is my favourite. I love that because it's different every single week because it's not always and I come up with an idea but children quite often end up coming up with much better ideas than me. So it's a really creative experience for me too to find out lots of different ideas and um, I, so I really, really love the Creative Writing Club. We do a book club too. Um, the children's book club kind of goes in waves. Sometimes we get people and sometimes we put it on hold. But we do a book club for grown-ups, but we read children's books and that's fab. So we're just going to move over and we're going to do that over Zoom for the next couple of months to see how that works out. We come along to your son story telling sessions by Brother Lincoln. He really enjoys it so, and and so do I. What made you want to start storytelling for children that need a bit more help? I just think um, that there's not that much out there for children that need a little bit more help. And it's not a criticism of anyone. It's a difficult thing to do, I think. And sometimes there's lots of people that want to help, but they're not sure how. Um, and part of my old job when I was teaching was I used to work with um, send children a lot so I've got quite a lot of experience it's just something that we've always been really passionate about and wanted to be able to do but weren't sure how and then it just kind of evolved we belong to something called the booksellers association who are amazing like they know everything about books they're brilliant and they were doing a grant which is where you can you put in a really complicated application form you tell them what you want to do and if you're successful they give you some money 
which is great. And they did, and it meant that we could go out and buy lots of the sensory toys that Lincoln plays with, and even silly things like the blackout curtains that we have so we can blank out the room so that it's nice and calm in there, um, and all of those things. And uh, so we're really grateful to them for that. Um, so we do that. And then you know as well that we also do a special um, Mrs. Claus Grotto it's also a sensory one where you can book in and come and see Mrs. Claus half an hour, just you and your family rather than it gets a little bit crazy on the normal day that we do it. And it gets very, very busy in the shop and that's too much for lots of people. So we're really, really happy that we can do it. And that as long we'll do it for as long as people want us to. That's right. Because, you know, when Natasha was saying that lots of people try to do things and they're not sure what to do, that's because sometimes people worry about doing the wrong thing too much rather than just sometimes you just need to do something and then you realise, oh, this was the right thing to do. And then sometimes people think about it too much, but you just just need to just do it, don't you? Mm -hmm. Um, um, When when do you... When you see a child, do you know straight away if they are bookworm or not? <laughs> um, do I have like a special superhero sixth sense about bookworm? Probably. Bookworm yeah. radar. <laughs> yeah, I think I probably do. Normally you can tell if a child, I don't know what it is. There's not one specific like quality or look. But generally speaking, I can tell if someone enjoyed reading or not. But I firmly believe that everyone would enjoy stories if they found the right one for them. Mm. It's just about finding the right thing for you. And it doesn't matter how old you are when you get there. Some children, like you, love reading and you love stories. Mummy and Daddy have always read stories with you. You're so lucky. And it's part of your life. But for some children, they don't get that experience. So then they don't come to books and stories until a bit later. Mm. But that doesn't mean that they're not really lovers of books. They've just not had that experience yet. Mm. Do you think any magical things happen when you close the bookshop doors for the night? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I sometimes think that when I go in in the morning, things aren't where I thought I were and that things have been moved around. Wouldn't it be amazing if the books like came to life and like, had a bit of a chat with each other? That would be brilliant. What do you think happens when, the, when Natasha shuts the doors? When all, when all the book characters in the books come to life and then they have a party. Yeah, I think so too. That's where all the biscuits go. It's not that I've eaten them. It's <laughs> the book characters have had a cheeky party without me. Because all day they're sleeping, but it looks like in the pictures that people are, that they're awake, but they're actually sleeping. Oh, the books exactly. are sleeping during the day. Yeah. And yeah. That, that, that night, then it's biscuit party time. Yeah, but they like, close their eyes and do it. Oh, okay. But they like, open their eyes a lot. in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything you don't like about working in a bookshop? No, I love it all, to be honest. I'm not... Um, I get the, the kind of the grown-up side of it, doing the accounts and all that stuff is really boring, but it has to be done. Um, so if I had to choose, then I wouldn't do that bit, but you kind of have to do those bits to be able to do all the fun mm-hmm. stuff. So on the whole, like day-to-day stuff, I love it. I love all of it. You knew so, that was going to be the answer, didn't you? Yeah. You said yeah. the question, you said, I think I know what the answer be. She's going to say she loves it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know me well, Alice. <laughs> what book series, book series is best selling in your shop? Oh, um, well, it's between two. 
and I, and I know that you love both of them actually, and they're both quite similar. So the Isadora Moon series by Harriet Mancaster does incredibly well, and what I love about that is the fact that I think sometimes it can look a bit. I don't. I hate to say this, but because it's pink, some people go, "Oh, it's for girls," but actually, we've got quite a few boys that read it as well because they are just great, great stories, and they're nice in between when you're not quite ready for really long chapters yet, but you want something with a bit more like detail. So they do really well for us. And um, Laura Ellen Anderson's Amelia Fang books, they do incredibly well for us as well, for the young, kind of the younger end for a series. But then for older series, um, Michael Grant has written a series called Gone, and that's for much older children, and they're quite, um, quite scary. Not like, yeah, they're, they're quite intense, and uh, they do really well. We're like a much, much older, like, I don't know, 12, 13, 14, that kind of Age. And then the other series that does really well for us is a series called Ink Trilogy by Alice Broadway. Um, and I, I'll talk to you about those later. I love those. But then a lot of that is to do with the fact that we call, we do something called hand selling. So because people come in and ask us questions and we only stock books that we've read and that we like, we will then recommend books. Once we've had a conversation with someone, but if we think it's right for them, then we'll recommend it. So, yeah, those books do really well. Um, um, would you ever try to write your own book? Oh, I don't know. I don't. Um, I do like writing. I really enjoy writing like short little stories. And I have written a whole book, but it was very well for normal people. It'd be very boring because it was for my master's degree. So it was all about illustration in children's books. Um, but I don't think that I'm um, I'm a, like dedicated enough person. You've got to really work. I work hard at my job. But then to do that as well, I'm always in awe of people that have like a job and they're an author. I just think, wow, how do you do that? That is amazing. And I'm like, I don't know if I've got that in me. I don't know. Yeah, be very focused, haven't you, to do something yeah. like that, I think, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure that's focused enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had my birthday party on your old shop before you moved. I love my party so much. Do you enjoy having parties at Chicken and Frog? Oh, I love it because normally the birthday boy or birthday girl are there because they really want to be at bookshops because they like books and everything. And it's just a really, whenever we try to explain the type of party that we do when we get parents phoning, I call it quite an old-fashioned party. I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean that instead of sometimes parties that you go to, there's loads and loads of stuff going on and they're really complicated and over the top. And that's fun. But I think the fact we keep it quite simple. So there are stories, which are great, obviously, and then crafty stuff and just playing kind of like proper party games. But I really, yeah, I really enjoy them. They are good fun. They're quite exhausting. Two hours of kind of being on your best behaviour as an adult. Um, can be quite hard work sometimes, but they're, they're really good fun. So we do like doing them. Um, you like having authors come in to do book signings or regions? Oh, I love it. That is a massive perk of the job, isn't it? Because you get hmm. to meet all these cool people. I love reading, obviously, and I love the illustrations too. So to be able to meet the person behind that, I just find it fascinating because they all have different personal stories of how they got there and why they're writing or why they're drawing. And... And they're always so lovely with the children that come into the shop as well about sharing those experiences. And I think 
that if you meet an author or an illustrator, there's something really magical about that and it's something you'll remember. Um, I met one of my favourite author slash illustrators of all time is Anthony Brown. And um, he's kind of like got godlike status in our house. I just think he's amazing. And we got to meet him, I don't know, about five years ago probably. He was at some swanky thing for Walker and we got to meet him. And I had a little pile of his books with me. Not all of them, because I literally own every single book he's ever written. And I had some. And he was really lovely and we were chatting. And he went, oh, do you want me to sign those? And I said, oh, yes, please. And he said, who are they for? And I said, they're for me. <laughs> and I was like 40. Um, <laughs> and he was like, okay. <laughs> um, but I think there is something really magical about meeting someone that's created something so beautiful and then they've been brave enough to share it with the world that's a really difficult thing to do I'm happy to sit on a sofa and write a story or a poem but then to show it to someone else mm. that's, a, that's a really brave thing to do I think so yeah. you met Lauren Laura Ellen Anderson at Chicken and Frog didn't you yeah and uh, when you were writing these questions yesterday what did you say to me about when you met the authors um what did you say they make you feel? Happy. Yeah, happy. And excited. Yeah, when you said they were inspirational, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So you met Laura and she was fantastic. And you got you took a big pile of books to sign, didn't you? Yeah. I feel exactly the same. And when we get to take authors into schools, quite often I will take cop- my copies of books that I've read of theirs and get them to sign them for me as well. <laughs> it's, it's lovely. It's just a, such a privilege that they've taken time out of their very busy schedules to come and meet us. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Would, you, would you do a costume party at a bookshop? Costume party? Definitely. Mm-hmm. You know I love a bit of fancy dress. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a door moon party, haven't we, where people dress up. And we do um, a Harry Potter book night where we get people yeah. to dress up. We're going to be doing, well, I don't know when it will be now, but at some point, we're going to do a whole Harry Potter day, so we're going to dress the shop. It was supposed to be in May, but I'm, that might not happen now. We'll see. We might have to move it along a little bit, but where we're going to decorate the shop, kind of, for Harry Potter, and then people can come in throughout the whole day dressed as, well, any characters they want, because you came as Dobby, didn't you? Uh, yeah. Luna. Uh, Dobby, yeah. you come, I've seen you as Dobby as well. What did you come yeah, as Dobby? You come as Dobby and then you got changed into Luna, didn't you? Oh, that's you right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I love fancy dress. So we quite often, like, we'll dress up for Halloween as well. Not that I do Halloween really at home, but just any excuse for fancy dress. So yeah, definitely. Let's have a, um, a big costume reopening party once all this craziness has gone away. Very yeah. good idea. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> Is there a book that you would recommend to someone if they say they did not like books? I think that's really tricky. There's not a specific book. So when we do get children coming in going, oh, I don't like reading, or, or, or their parents are like, oh, they don't like reading. So then we just we always have a really good chat with them about what they do like, not necessarily to do with books at all, but like if they've got any hobbies or um, a film that they really love or a TV series, because that's their all stories. All those different stories as well. So we never we don't have like a one specific go to book for each age group. We talk to the children about what they like and then we try to pick things out and I normally encourage them to go and sit on our sofa at the shop and have a quick read of a page or two and see if it kind of 
connect with them. So I always say that I feel like Ollivander in Harry Potter, where it's got to be the right fit. And once you find the right book, the right fit, then that opens the world to kind of, oh, actually reading could be really good fun and it doesn't have to be really difficult. So sometimes it might be a book that they're going to read on their own, but otherwise we'll encourage a book that can be shared with a mum or a dad or a bigger brother or sister. There's a book out there for everyone. I think there is. Really do. So Natasha isn't a wand wizard. She's a book wizard. (laughs) She's finding the right books for everyone. (laughs) My best. I have been, just been doing some work about Alpha Christie. Can you recommend them? I get to a good mystery book, please. Yes, I can recommend this too. So I have just finished reading um, the Highland Falcon Thief, which is by M. G. Leonard. And oh no, his name just got out of my head. Sam, I'm going to look it up in a second, and I'll remind you. But it is excellent. So it's set on a really old steam train. Um, that's kind of going on its last um, journey. And oh, it's by, yeah, hang on a minute. It's by M.G. Leonard, who wrote Beetle Boy. So this is really, really different for her. And Sam Sedgman. So they are super, super talented. They've written it together and it's illustrated by Alyssa Paganelli. And her illustrations are really amazing. So yeah, set on this train um, and jewellery starts to get stolen while they're on the train. There's a main character, a little boy called Hal. And a little girl called, I've only just finished reading it, M- 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 Marlene, they call her Lenny. Um, and they go about kind of trying to solve the mystery, but I don't want to give too much away. So that is awesome. But there's another one as well by the Judith Eagle. How cool a name is that? She couldn't have been anything else but an author. <laughs> it's a really cool name, Judith Eagle. And her latest book is called The Pear Affair. And that is a really exciting mystery as well she ends up her main characters end up in the streets of Paris going off on this hunt trying to track down clues and, and find someone that um, the main character has been missing for a long time but they're just fantastic there's quite a few kind of um, mysteries coming out at the moment and then obviously um, there's the Robin Stevens book Murder Most Amazing Life they're super cool as well oh I'd say they're Agatha Christie books for children really yeah yeah, you've been um, you've really t- been taken by Christy. You want a typewriter now, don't you? Yeah. It's oh, <laughs> one of the things I don't have many regrets in life, really, because I don't think that you should. But I do regret getting rid of my typewriter. Yeah, we've um. Yeah. That's what you can ask Father Christmas for, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes I don't know if I've still got them, but it, when it eventually all opens again, Brentwood High Street, the Oxfam in Brentwood High Street. Well, I don't know where I get them from, but quite often I see typewriters in their window, and every time I see one, I think. Ooh. <laughs> I buy one but I don't know what I'd do with it so I've not bought one yet but, um, yeah. I'm with you Alice I think quite right is awesome maybe when all the shops open again Natasha can keep an eye out for us while she's yeah. in Brentwood sometimes I will Mummy uh, uh, and I are reading the first book from Pages and Cry our bedtime if you could wander into a book which one would it be and what character would you write to me Oh, Alice, that's so hard because it mm-hmm. depends on my mood, really. Um, who would I like to meet? Oh, I don't know. Maybe um, in the the, tr- the um, Ink trilogy that I talked about before by Alice Broadway, the main character in that is called Leora. And she's really cool because she, there's lots and lots of things that happen to her that aren't particularly great. But she's, she's a really strong... 
like independent character that she's questioning all of the time. She doesn't just accept things that happen to her. She's constantly asking questions and wanting to find out why. She's always asking that why and what if. And I really love her character so much. I think she's brilliant. And I would I would love to be able to meet her in real life. I think I'd probably be a little bit intimidated by her because she's really, really like tough. But um, she's just, yeah, I love her. So I think I'd probably want to meet her. Mm. Um, do you think I am... Book wanderer. You are definitely a book wanderer. <laughs> definitely. And I love that term as well. That's so cool. Yeah, you're a book wanderer. I think if I come and sit in Chicken and Fun, I would definitely go book wandering as it is only happens in bookshops or libraries. That's true. <laughs> um, this was a question that Daddy had, wasn't it, this yeah. one? called desert island books now do you know what that means desert island books <laughs> so that means if natasha got stuck on a desert island and she could only pick uh, is it five books normally something like that if she can only yeah five books what would she choose so she's oh. going to be on an island she can only take five books of her and daddy would like to know what books would she choose mm. that's such a hard question because it does depend on me doesn't it so Obviously, Alice in Wonderland, because it's my favourite children's story of all time. Um, I quite often reread um, Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. I love that book. Probably Wuthering Heights as well. So that's three. Five is just mean. That's just not enough. Um, <laughs> what else would I choose? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, at the moment, I'm reading Monsters by So. Uh, I'm seeing what I mean. I'm terrible with <laughs> like, Sophie Doga, and it's about Mary Shelley before she wrote Frankenstein. So it's not a, it's technically a young adult book, but I'm reading it. It's, quite, it's brilliant, but it's quite kind of grown up. I've got, it's one that I've got to concentrate on. Um, so I would take that with me because I haven't finished it yet. So that's four. Oh, do you know what? I might type, do you know what? This sounds really weird. I would probably take. Um, um, one of Nadia Hussein's recipe books with me because I love cooking. I love Nadia, probably a bit too much. I just wanted to bake for me, really. I just think she's amazing. I think she's really inspirational, a really just fantastic person. And I don't know if you've ever seen her cookbooks, but they're more than just recipes. She kind of, she tells you bits about her life in them as well. They're just, they're actually, I have found myself sitting on the sofa and just, reading her recipe book sometimes because they're just really interesting. So I think I'll probably take one of her books too. It's a bit of a weird mix. There you go. That's my five. So when uh, you get a bit older, you can read that monster book. I did look at that last time I was in Chicken and Frog and the text in it was so small that I thought, I'd not, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to read it. I well, I've got time on my hands now. So yeah, that's it. Yeah, I should have bought it because then I could have read it. But so Natasha would take a cookbook with her as well. So in that way, she'd be she'd be nice and full on the island because she'd be cooking. <laughs> <the rest>. yeah. <laughs> and I would like like to read that Jane Austen book when I'm older. Yeah, the, the Pride yeah, and Prejudice. Lots of people are at home now and can and cannot go to many places because of the cover coronavirus do you think reading can really help people that are stuck at home I genuinely do and I'm not just saying that as a as a bookseller but as a book lover because I'm primarily a book lover and then I happen to sell books I do because I think when times are really tricky 
and there's lots of things that people are worried about, even though they're trying not to. Escaping into a, a book, into someone else's world, can really help you. And sometimes you find answers to things that you didn't even realise you were looking for with different characters and, and like different worlds and you and you realise that maybe actually life isn't that isn't that bad or even if it is and there's always a way out and I, I do I think that it's really nice to be able to escape somewhere else for a little bit mm, it's nice isn't it it's like yeah. you, you sometimes you just go off into your bedroom and read a little bit and then you come downstairs and you're all ready to go again aren't you yeah yeah <laughs> um what is your favorite book Oh, Alex, this is such a big... <laughs> so, I don't know. So, I always say Alice in Wonderland. I think Alice in Wonderland is probably my favourite children's book. That doesn't mean that there aren't other children's books that are just as well or probably even better written now, but I think it's always a really personal reason why. So, Alice in Wonderland is my favourite because when me and my sister were growing up, when we were really little, we used to go to the library all of the time. We were very lucky. We kind of lived in Loughton Library, really. Um, but we didn't own that many books of our own because they were quite expensive. My mum and dad didn't have that much money when we were really little. It wasn't until we were older that things were easier. And someone was a full Lewis Carroll. I've still got it. A big, chunky red book. And they bought it and it was just for me. It wasn't for me and my sister Shelley. It was just mine. And um, I think that's what makes it so special. Because I, and then I started reading it, and I'd, I'd heard about it in Wonderland, obviously, but I don't think I'd ever read it before. And reading the whole thing just made me realise that there were other like exciting opportunities out there. And Alice was a really cool character. She again, she's pretty feisty. She doesn't know for an answer. She kind of follows her own path. And I just I fell in love with that. Um, so I think that's probably my favourite book. And I will find myself dipping in and out of it if I'm feeling a bit fed up. I will pick up one of my very many copies of it and I'll have a quick read of even like a chapter or even a couple of pages and it always makes me feel better. Um, who's your favourite author? So this sounds really weird then because then it should be Lewis Carroll, shouldn't it? <laughs> I don't think it necessarily is, although I love him and I've, I kind of feel that he is the one that made me a reader. He didn't make me a lover of stories. I was already that because my mum and dad always read to us and my great-grandma used to um, tell us stories about when she lived in Russia. She was born in 1901 in Russia and she used to tell us these amazing stories about what it was like there and how she came over on a boat to Canada and all that kind of stuff. So that made me love stories, but Alice Wonderland made me love books. But I think probably my favourite author at the moment but it has been for a little while, is Alice Broadway, who writes the Ink series, because they're just, I know that I love them, because I reread them quite a lot, and I always make myself slow down, <laughs> because the last one in the trilogy, Scar, I can show it to you, mm-hmm. is quite small, and um, I always really, really slow down as I'm finishing it, even though I know exactly what's going to happen, and where the story's going, <laughs> I don't want it to end. <laughs> <laughs> by someone super clever mm-hmm. she's made me completely invested in the characters and things happen in the story that I didn't guess wow. maybe it's her name because her name's Alice as well that's what it is that's the next one it's the name <laughs> who's your favourite character 
Um, so I would say it's probably between. It's all right. I think it is various different women, really. So it's Leora in the in um, Alice Broadway's series. It's Alice in Alice in Wonderland. I don't think I've got just one. To be honest. Um, and it, yeah, I don't know, but it's normally female. It's terrible, is it? But it is normally female characters that have got just something a little bit more about them, where maybe they push the boundaries a little bit and they don't just sit back and accept what's happening to them. They kind of go, "No, hang on a minute." I love that. That's lovely. Is that all your questions? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Natasha. Thank you, Natasha. <laughs> yeah, thank you for talking to me. You know, I would talk about books anytime. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want to do you want to tell people a little bit why you love Chicken and Frog so much? Because it it's like full of children's books, and I go I go to creative writing. That's why I'm mostly there for. <laughs> and I buy lots of books from there every single time. <laughs> I go there. I'm like, "Mummy, can we buy a book today?" <laughs> You're very lucky because your mummy always says yes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you've got more books in the library, I think. <laughs> Just set up your own little lending library, Alice. Yeah. You got, you've sent out, um, you recommended three books to your friends this, while all this is going on, haven't you? Yeah. And uh, so some Yeah. And then, but you were saying that, um, you would like to just live in Chicken and Frog, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> so then I could go there every single day and buy every single book. Like, can I get this one? Can we get this one? Can we get this one? I know. It would be a good place to be trapped, wouldn't it? Because we've got a sofa that turns into a sofa bed, which is just a bit weird. We've got loads of books, obviously, but then we've got pens and pencils and all that stuff. So I think it would be quite a good place to get trapped. Yep. So have you ever got locked in there? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I've thought about doing sleepovers in there before, like you do at a museum, but I need to look into what I need to do to make that. I mean, I've got, like, checks and stuff, but, yeah, I thought that would be really cool to be able to That would be cool, wouldn't it? You've got the more space as well. Mm -hmm. Sleepover might be quite cool. Do you think you'd be able to sleep, though, or do you be keeping one eye open just to see if the books did come to life? Yeah. I can see a book wanderer. I'm like, I'm gonna sit here for the rest of the day to see if somebody from a book is gonna meet me. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Natasha. You're welcome. Thank you. Can't yeah. wait to hear it all. So yeah, we send me all the links and everything, and we'll share it too. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. And then we'll um, if, if anyone wants to visit Chicken and Frogs in Brentwood in Essex, it's yeah. a lovely little shop. It's in Crown Street, isn't it? Yeah. You won't be able to miss it because we've got lovely, lovely purple flags outside, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> and once the weather starts to behave itself, we're going to go and we're going to paint the outside bright green. You'll be able to wow. That'll be cool, won't it? Mm. Lovely. <laughs> well, we're so. open again. The weather will be nice and we've got tables and chairs we can put outside. Yeah, it'll be lovely weather when it reopens. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Natasha. Thank you, Alice. I'll see you soon. Bye. That was a lovely interview, wasn't it? Yeah. Did you really enjoy that? Yes, I really did. Did um, Has Natasha done interviews like that before? Well, she didn't say it in the interview. Was she, was she being nervous? Uh, she didn't tell me <laughs> that she was nervous or not. Did she look nervous? No, she looked excited. Oh, that's good. 
because we recorded it as a video, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. But obviously, we just did the the audio. Um, right. So just just to wrap up this episode, yeah. you've been reading a book. Yes. So do you want to tell everybody about the book? So it's called The Vigilante Tooth Fairy by B.B. Taylor. Mm-hmm. And, and my, my mummy got this book for me because I've got my first ever wobbly tooth. It's not fair, Alice. Shouldn't be having wobbly teeth at your age. Well, you should be, but I, I don't. You're, you're growing up too fast. Mm. So what's this uh, what's this story about? So it's about a little tooth fairy. Well, she isn't a tooth fairy at first. She's a fairy, but she's supposed to be a tooth fairy, but she can't go out because she's too tiny and everybody laughs at her. Oh. Because she's so small and her name is Mouse. Mm-hmm. And... All the magic is disappearing because not very much people are believing in the tooth fairies. Mm. Okay. So then one day she goes out, well, one night really, one night she goes out to find some teeth when she isn't supposed to. (gasps) And no one's told her (gasps) to go out. And so then she goes out, <gasps> she finds a house, <laughs> and she goes inside the window, and n- because the tooth fairy guide says that there's a tooth ready to collect here, but she meets this person, Faith, but there's a rule where it says where you, if you go into a house, you're not allowed to be seen, but she was seen by the little girl called Faith. What? No. <laughs> That's from one of the things we've watched on Disney Plus, haven't we? Forky asks questions. Yeah. So, was this book exciting? Yes. Did, have you have you finished the book? Yeah, yeah, I'm finished. Okay. It's not a very thick book. It is ninety three pages. And there's some really nice illustrations I can see by James Shaw. Yes. And this book is by Tiny Tree Children's Books. Mm. So, would you recommend this book? Yes. How did it make you feel after you read it? It made me really happy. Yeah? Mm. So, are you, you're not going to be nervous when your tooth falls out now? I wasn't even nervous when it was wobbling. I was so happy that it was wobbling. I was so happy because I always wanted to do wobbly do all this time and it was here. It's here. You are. You've gone mad. <laughs> I, think, I think this lockdown has made you lose the plot that you've gone completely nuts. <laughs> Madness. <laughs> so, is that... Is that it for this episode? Yes. Yeah? Mm. Okay. And do you know what we're going to talk about on the next episode? No. Excellent. I love that planning. (laughs) 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 Okay. In that case, do you want to say goodbye to everybody? Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you enjoy the next one. Bye.
My enthusiasm. Come with the bike. Come on, you do a really good bike. Come on. Bye. <laughs> I'm supposed to hit the mic, right? <laughs> This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.